Well, good afternoon again. Um, we're going to be in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, and that uh, text is printed there in your bulletin, or if you have a Bible, you can uh, turn there and follow along with us. Um, I've heard this said a number of times, and even my massive Google skills couldn't help me track down the original source of it, but someone has said Americans are people who have uh, too much to live with and not enough to live for. So... I don't know who said that, but it sure seems true, right? Um, too much to live with, not enough to live for. There's not a big, uh, easy answer to the questions of why that come up in our life. What's the point of what we do? Uh, what gives what we do meaning? Uh, sacrifices that we make, uh, why are they worth it or not? Those kind of questions don't come easy for us. Big picture answers don't come easy for us. Uh, but Easter Sunday, when we're thinking about the resurrection of Jesus, uh, we get thrown back to God's answer for us about uh, the big questions of why in our lives. Uh, Purpose, meaning, like where are our lives heading? What gives them meaning? What's worth doing? What's not worth doing? Those kind of questions come into focus for us as we think about the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, They're really questions about hope. And so we're going to talk about hope. Peter's famous passage here in the first chapter of his book uh, talks about a living hope that we have in Jesus. And so we're going to think a little bit about letting go of the dying hopes that are offered to us so we can embrace the living hope that Jesus gives us. Let me uh, pray for us, and then we'll read the Scripture. Father, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds to you We're here because we need you and need to know you, and we ask that you would meet with us and speak to us and help us, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, I heard this illustration years ago from a minister, and uh, it always stuck with me about hope. He said, uh, if you had two people who were given a similarly, similarly tedious job for a year, Let's say it's just like your worst imagination for a telemarketing job. And you're given this job for a year. One of the people, though, when they're hired is told that at the end of the year, they're going to be given $15,000 in salary for this. And uh, the other person is told at the end of the year, they're going to get $15 million for salary in this job. Same job, just a different promise of what they're going to receive at the end of the job. Who do you expect is going to have the better attitude during the year at the job? It's going to be the 15 million person, right? Who's going to, who's going to handle uh, rude people on the phone better and with more patience? Who's going to endure the tedium better? It'll be the person that's expecting the 15 million at the end of the year uh, instead of the 15,000 person. And the difference in the two people is not anything about the job, right? The difference is what? It's their hope, right? One has a different hope than the other. And that's what we're dealing with when we look at the promise of the resurrection of Jesus and what he's done for us. Uh, Peter calls it a living hope that we have because of what he's done, because of his resurrection. 
Uh, what that means is we have a trajectory for our future. Jesus said, as he was raised, so will we be raised. We're going to live in a world that he's fixed with bodies that are fixed like his. Uh, and in the meantime, we have something that animates our lives now. We have a, a way of gauging what's worth doing and what's not worth doing, what matters, why it matters that we do what we do, uh, because we measure those things in light of our hope. And so that's what I want us to think about together today. The, the first thing I want us to do with it, though, is to think about other things that we tend to use for hopes. I'm calling them dying hopes, since Peter calls this the living hope. Um, these aren't bad things, but these are kind of the, the things that, um, if you ask your friends, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, why did you pick your major? Why uh, have you invested yourself in this career? Um, you know, why are you sacrificing yourself uh, in your family? Uh, why are you doing the things that you're doing? What's the point of what you're doing? And what do people say? I mean, typically we know enough not to ask these questions because it makes you an awkward dinner guest. But if you do press somebody and you get them in a good enough mood, they'll say something like, well, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to make the world a better place. Sometimes you'll hear that, right? Or if those people have kids, a lot of times they'll at least say, I'd like to make the world a better place for my kids and leave the world a better place for my kids. And I usually don't think that that person's a jerk if they say that, right? That seems pretty good to want. But it also seems pretty flimsy, um, you know, especially if you ask people whose kids are grown, they never say things like that. <laughs> like, if you got like a two-year-old, you might say, I really want to make the world a better place for my kids. By the time they're surly teenagers, you're just like, I'd like them to just manage their life on their own, <laughs> you know? And so it doesn't become sort of this all-encompassing, this gives my life meaning to make the world a better place for my kids. And most of us also, by the time you, you age a little bit, you realize, I didn't make the world a much better place, you know? I mean, I watch It's a Wonderful Life 